God, you've yeah. asked me this like 80 times. I haven't owned that stock in like four years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Selectus got an upgrade from Citibank yesterday. Um, price for it raised to 32 with an, uh, with an outperform or a buy. That's um, for our viewers, CLLS, which is a stock that Bob threw at me really a few years ago at this point, which is one of those biotech stocks. And it's had its time in the sun. It's had its time under the sun. And I don't even know what that means. But and over it, the sun. You know, it, it, I'm definitely down on it overall. I don't own much of it. It's just one of those things I've just, there's a few stocks that I just seem to never touch, like BP's in that category, that's in that category. I'd argue Boeing and JP Morgan are in that category. For me, Facebook's in that category, Google, a couple stocks that are just stocks that I don't even love, but I look at it like it helps me be diverse. So that's it. But yeah, guys, yesterday the market finally got through and hit its all-time highs, which was cool to see. And my opinion is now we're kind of getting through this key level of resistance, and I don't see any reason that the market can't go a bit higher. And I think there's going to be bumps along the way, but ultimately it seems like everyone keeps calling for some sort of massive correction, saying this isn't sustainable. And... I think it is sustainable and I think the market's going to go higher from here and that this is the beginning of the next leg. And I know I've kind of gone back and forth on that, but that's my current viewpoint. And I do think, you know, there's going to be dips along the way and those will just be buying opportunities. And I think the market yeah, that's is coming soon. Yeah, but I, and I also think the market's separating the winners from the losers. And that's why it's so hard to just look at the market as a whole and look at the S&P or look at the NASDAQ and be like, oh man, this is insane. It just goes up, it goes up. The companies that are dominating, that are going to continue to dominate are going up. And the ones that aren't are the ones that might have been dominating short term due to the pandemic that might not be after. They're not continuing to go up as much. So there's winners and there's losers. And unless you're in the winners, you're not even doing well in this market. And if you're in the winners, you're kicking ass. So that's my take on it. What, what do you guys think? Dad, start with you. No, I think that, you know, you summed it up. There's stocks that are uh, doing well and there's others that are just doing horrible. And um, we have broken through some levels and that usually leads to the pressure being off short term. And Target came out this morning. The numbers uh, look it. great. The stock's up like 12 bucks. I mean, those big stores that were able to stay open are just sucking up all the business. The Target, I should have bought that a couple of weeks ago. I was in there. They do a phenomenal job of their hours of operation. They were open on a Sunday at like seven in the morning. No yeah. one else was even close. And that's genius when you think about it. The foot traffic they get that a lot of their competitors don't. They've been very smart throughout the pandemic and they offer everything so you know i yeah, think you could, you could go in there and people don't think about it but uh the food shopping is pretty good at target you never yeah. think about that but um yeah we're in a uh, another mode of uh 
which stocks are going to move and which aren't. Uh, Sorrento, which everybody's been on. <laughs> they fired their CFO. I don't know the reason. They haven't given the reason. I was reading a little bit about it last night. There's this company called Hindenburg Research. If you remember, Hindenburg was the blimp that blew up, uh, you know, in, a, in New Jersey when it was uh, taking off. And what they do is they look for stocks that are basically going to zero or close to it, and they come out with research reports. Well, apparently they had one on Sereno a couple of months ago, and Sereno is suing them for the, uh, you know, what they said about them. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, Sereno is a promoter. They promote their, whatever is going on, they're promoting. And maybe the CFO was doing some stuff before promotions, who knows? But the stock is getting hit off that news. It's still way up from $2. But if you listen to the Hindenburg research, they think this thing is gonna run out of money and be done with at some point. And these guys claim they have cures and treatments. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of interesting you say that because to me, Sorrentos could be another Kodak on a way smaller level. Not that that's completely played out yet either. But yeah. I think that there's this narrative that continues, especially like when you're watching CNBC where everyone's like, oh man, all these retail investors are going to get burned, blah, 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 blah. And that happens. It's not like that isn't already happening on stocks that go up 80%. Someone buys them when it's up 80% and then it's only up 20% at the end of the day. So I think everyone keeps waiting for this big burn moment where everyone just crashes and burns in this market, which happened back in March or February. And that's such an ongoing narrative on TV that it almost seems like it's not necessarily going to happen right now. And don't get me wrong, you look at the RSI indicators on a lot of the different sectors, they're getting a little stretched, but that doesn't mean that there can't be small little sell-offs that bring those way down, and then the market continues to go higher. So yesterday, I bought a small amount of Snapchat just because I want to start to build a position of Snapchat. And the reason is simple. I've always looked at it like whatever our business is spending money on, I feel like is an interesting indication on what other companies and just what's in because we have a very relative business in terms of the types of things we spend money on. We spend money on Google for the mapping. We spend money on Twilio for our notification system, Amazon for Amazon Web Services. We started spending money on Fiverr to outsource things and I bought Fiverr when it was under $20 a share. It's at 117 a share now. So yesterday our company decided that we were gonna start exploring with spending advertising Snapchat similar to what we do on Facebook and Instagram. And the way I look at it is if we're thinking that, there's probably a lot of other companies that are thinking that. And if there aren't, there's soon going to be because our research is telling us that that's what younger people are on. So if Snapchat starts to at all take away advertising dollars from Facebook and Google, I think their stock is going to explode. And I think we can't ignore the fact that that's what a lot of the younger people are on, even if we're not on it. 
So I, did. I, 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 I honestly disagree with that. I think, I think the problem with Snapchat, it's not the users is not the issue. I think like Twitter's problem has been, it's figuring out how to optimize their advertising. And I think Facebook again has beat them to the punch the last few months with small businesses. And now Snapchat's trying to play catch up in that sector. I think they're going to have a very difficult time. Even we'll see if we can make sense of navigating Snapchat advertising. They have it set up exactly like Facebook ad manager. To me, they're basically trying to be Facebook in their arena. And I, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical. I'm not going to touch that stock until I could see them prove they can have sustainable small business clients, which they have not done yet at all. And Facebook has crushed that game. If you see how they've pivoted throughout this pandemic, a couple months ago, we were hearing news about Black Lives Matter and all these, you know, people going away from Facebook ads for the summer. I get a lot of that was for media coverage, but the reality is they've been helping small businesses a ton with their tools and marketplaces and communities. And I think Snapchat's in an uphill battle. I think we talked offline a bit, the notion of maybe them and Twitter teaming up with one one rolling up the other, maybe Snap buying Twitter. I think they could use each other in for many purposes. But I, I think it's a stock that, the like dad always says, there's a difference between a great company and a great stock. I think that's the issue right now with Snapchat. You've got great young usability. They've kind of not really hit the target with the advertising as of yet. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points. Dad, how's the chart look in your opinion? Yeah, it's up 300% from March. You know, that's the first thing I see. But um, it definitely... You say that about a lot of different charts. I know. Right you you yeah. could definitely say that um, it's at that inflection point where it's either going to come down to um, the $20 area, which is not far from where it is, or make a move towards its uh, old high, which is twenty six seventy six. Kind of hasn't told you yet which way it's going here. Um, speaking of charts, if you look at Google, th there was a lot of. Uh, I heard somewhere there was a lot of uh, option activity in the calls a couple of days ago, and Google had a huge move yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's going to uh, really make a new high very soon. Interesting. You know, it's kind of been hanging out for a long time. Yeah, that thing's about to break out. I got into it recently, so I think they got pumped. It looks like they're back to the races. but um, Dan, can you pull up Teladoc? Because I know we were talking a bit about them right before. I'm going to be buying that stock today. Um, they That merger with Lavango they did the healthcare play and just the era we're in. I've been monitoring these guys for a while. I know Credit Suisse gave them an upgrade from neutral to outperform, which clearly the street liked. I don't see how this is not a long-term grand slam. I know they've already run up a ton for good reason the last few months, but where the world is heading and even with this What's work from like? home culture. TGOC. I think it's worth putting on the radar. And I'm not going to just shy away because of how high it's gotten. I think this thing is looking sexy, the chart at this point. I'm pulling it up. Four hour yeah, I, don't, I don't know why the merger created all the havoc. A lot of people just don't understand it. I they guess. don't get it. 
and the, the merch. I'm not, I'm not sure I got it either, but. It reminds me of a CVS deal with Aetna that the people still haven't gotten either. And th these, this to me is another great growth play. And when you, it seems like it, it obviously is not where it was. I think it hit around 250 at its all time highs a yeah. couple months back, but th this thing has room to run on a whole nother planet, really. Yeah. If you think yeah. about the future of medicine and concierge doctors, that Royal Pain show was the beginning of that a few years ago. But in all, in all jokes aside, these guys are set up for the where we're at in the world now. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because before the pandemic, this thing has had a uh, really strong move into the, let's say, the $150 range. And never really looked back since the pandemic. How could it? I mean, when we think about things that have been expedited with timelines, you've got to think virtual medicine is there. Yeah, but the, when you look at this stock, it, it held up better than most during that big fall in the market. It almost looks like there was nothing unusual going on outside of. Uh, so what do you guys think of this one? I mean, it looks okay. It's just we got to remember it's it's up four hundred percent in a year. Yeah, I know. I don't think that means anything. That uh, again, I think that causes a lot of investors to lose a lot of opportunity when they're looking at things as it's up too much. Well, to make sure that the company can handle the increased business, all this stuff. I mean, I don't know anything about the. They, they can handle way more business the way they're. Like, set up. Are you looking at this as a long term play or a short term play? Long term play. I mean, th this is like the type of chart where, and this is almost a new way I've been looking at things, but if I, if I were going to be playing this stock, I would almost wait to play it when it breaks through the all-time highs and get in it on that. And Well, but, that, that's another, I mean, you can get it at a 20% discount from that. Well, yeah, but that, then you kind of, you know, it confirms the trends. And if it breaks through the all-time highs, it's probably going to go way higher. Whereas right now... Yeah, maybe again. Not, nothing wrong with starting the position here, though, if your intention is to be long term. And then you could always okay. add. You don't yeah. have to buy the whole position. Yeah, but that's how you yeah. get rich, Bob. Well, if I was playing a short term swing, I, I might not touch it here. Just not sure which direction it's going. Oh, for a short term but, swing now. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But um, I'll tell you a stock that. I know we've talked about it before, but it's just insane is Fiverr. And, you know, it's kind of this low key under the radar company. And I say that because no one ever talks about it. You never hear anybody talking about it on TV. You're starting to see their brand all over New York. Well, they do a lot of advertising, but it's not like when people talk about these stay at home plays, no one ever brings up Fiverr, even though they're, the ultimate not only stay at home play they were killing it before this started but they're obviously killing now and i mean the you know this company just continues to just every single day creep higher it's never really that high of volume it's you know which it's almost like zillow in that sense and it's creeping back towards all-time highs and i don't know i mean i i know mike we were talking offline a little bit to me this is a company that like when I saw Microsoft back in the day acquire a LinkedIn, 
this is a different type of LinkedIn, but it's that type of company where you have users engaged in a workplace and atmosphere and they're on there every single day. And when our company's spending money, we're on there a lot. I don't see how this company doesn't get acquired for five times where it's at right now. I could see Facebook buying these guys when you really think about their ecosystem and what they're turning into and what Facebook's focused on right now. I could very much see Zuckerberg hitting these shots up in the next few months. And Dad, let me ask you, maybe you could shed some light on this. So this company is based in Israel. And I don't know if that has something to do with maybe the way they went public or maybe that's why they don't get as much recognition. But it seems like if you look at the market cap where this company went public, it was almost like nothing was priced in. And to me, when you think about what this company is, which in a way it's a gig economy site where you could, you know, hire people all over the world or you could get work done or you can do work for other people all over the world. And it's different tech related, digital related voiceovers, a lot of things it's growing and it used to be really cheap things. Like you'd pay five bucks. That's how they got the name Fiverr. But now it's, you can go on there and spend 12 grand on a video and they're obviously collecting a piece of all the transactions that go through. And obviously their overheads marketing, but it just seems like such an awesome business model and no one ever talks about it. And I love it. I love the stock. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter that it started in Israel. I mean, there's a great, lot of great companies that have started there and, um, you know, have become regular um, stocks that you wouldn't even know where they started from. So when I look at the statistics on this thing, the price to sales is high, but you would expect that with a growing company but it's gone up 300% since last year, the, the price to sales. So the stock price is ahead of itself on whether or not this all continues. You guys have a better beat on that than I ever would. Um, they're not making money yet, are they? No, not yet. Yeah. But they're getting there. Yeah, I'd have to listen to one of the, or two of their quarterly um, reports to see what it sounds like. Give me a better handle on how management does. But, you know, you have a better beat on this thing. You're probably right. So that's, that's that stock. And Mike, did you end up selling Zillow yesterday? Because yep. I'm, I'm looking at this and like, to me, and I know this is another stock that's gone a really big run, but just long term, when I think about their current market cap and their whole it's entire really stock, not, it's not, like to me, Zillow is a company that has people that are on there constantly. You have a massive amount of people, which is what they showed in their last quarter report that use Zillow all the time. And if you kind of think about like, what there is still for them to do in that industry that they haven't yet done, that they're going to be able to do. It almost reminds me of Pinterest, but with real estate. And well, did I, you see what they announced today or yesterday? They're, they're actually going to uh, rate builders. So you're going to be able to get a look up a builder and it's going to say two star, four star or whatever it is. 
which is another reason people might start going on there. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get back in it. I've played Zillow great on the dips and have made great money on them the last few years. I'm going to get back in these guys. Maybe I'll even swing trade them. I, you know, I was waiting. It dipped a bit. I bought more after earnings when it dipped under 77. And then I figured yesterday I was up over 25% in two weeks. I mean, I can't turn that down. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I get that. I, uh, I'm right now. I'm definitely Fiverr, which I just brought up. Zillow and Pinterest to me are just three stocks that have so much room to run. I'm not even talking about their chart. I know they've all at this point gone on runs and could face some short-term volatility. But when I just think about their market caps and their business models and the way that they lock people in and people who use those sites talk about those sites frequently. I mean, I know firsthand because I love all three of those sites. And when I'm on them, I'm passionate about them. I'm using them regularly. I'm talking about them to other people. And those are companies that are really, really good companies to own. And I think all three of these companies are just long-term huge home runs when I look at the current market cap. And in short term, in this atmosphere, I mean, like I said, I, I, NASDAQ, I'm sure, is going to have its ebbs and flows. But if it's ultimately going way higher and we're in this new world where technology stocks are just taking over because they prove their wealth and they prove their value on a whole other level during the pandemic, then to me, these stocks are just going to fly what, 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 along with tech. You sound like you should sell the stock to other people. I mean, you know. <laughs> the, the stock broker. Yeah, I mean, these are the stocks that I'm currently kind of trading and looking at. But with Fiverr and Zillow, they're just really low volume stocks. So it's not even really much trading. It's just seeing if the trends are going to continue in that direction and just ride them out. You know? Yeah. What are you looking at? If you just go to the general market now and talk about it a little bit, the narrative is getting more and more towards the idea that we're going to have a big sell-off. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Maybe a lot of it has to do with the Democratic uh, convention going on, and people are starting to look at front and center the possibility of Biden winning and uh, what that means for corporations. And, um, you know, it's almost, it makes too much sense for that 10% drop off. But I, I agree. It still, could happen. it still could happen. It should happen. And it, it's what everyone keeps talking about. And at the end of the day, if it does happen and it's 10%, Okay, whatever, if that's all it is. But if it happens and it's 10% and then, you know, the bears ultimately regain control and the 10% turns into 20, then people start talking about retesting the bottom. That's when fear takes over and who knows what happens. But that that's kind of what I was saying yesterday is that's all everyone's talking about now. Whether you're watching CNBC, you're on Twitter, everyone thinks that this market is run out of control. And then here's my question for you, Dad, because I, I – really just genuinely don't know this. They throw out these 
city group things that show, you know, ultimately this big level of euphoria, where are they getting that from? Is it actually based off of what people are doing in the market? Like, are, I know Mike said yesterday, everyone's talking like there's this big correction that's going to come. They're not actually acting like in the market. And I'm not like, where do you, is that true? Or well, I mean, there's different things you can look at. The put call ratio has always been a, a big indicator of that. And basically means when people are buying calls at a rapid rate over puts, that usually means the stock market is almost at its top. I mean, but what I keep going back to is the idea that there are a lot of stocks that are down percentage wise, big numbers, and it, it's a real mixed bag. I mean, you've been talking about the stocks that have done really well. There's a lot more that have done terrible. So that's, you, that's you have the Euphoria and NASDAQ, but you surely don't have it in a lot of sectors. So yeah, yeah I, de I definitely think NASDAQ can have a big sell-off and still be fine. But or can it run up to over 12,000? Yeah, I mean, that, that would not surprise me at all. But at the same time, you might have the uh, S&P not act as uh, poorly. This is why I don't, I've stopped watching all these analysts because everyone just has a different opinion and it ends up leading to me just doing my own research and going off that. Well, that's why dad ultimately says that, you know, that's what makes markets. But I will say the one thing that everyone seems to agree on and this is where if you kind of sit back and think about what this means, this all makes sense, is that this pandemic just sort of sped things up by, well, I don't know, call it two decades. So if that's actually true and that's how people are looking at it, then everything that's happening in the market makes complete sense. You have companies that are benefiting from this, that are going to continue to, that are absolutely exploding because we're basically trying to collapse 20 years with into about a year's worth of trading. So yeah, you know, this is where I get I, I don't buy into it completely because if things do get back to somewhat where we were before the pandemic, let's say it's the end of 2021, I think people are going to want to be at restaurants, eating with their friends. They're going to want to travel again. And a lot of this will unwind. I don't. I, I agree with you, but I don't that think way. this is permanent. I think there's parts of it that'll do better. I think corporations realize how much money they're saving on travel. However, at some point, one of these companies is going to say, "You know what? It's time we go out and visit our clients. We haven't seen them in two years, and that's going to cause other people to do that. And that's how the whole thing gets going again." I mean, I totally agree with you when it comes to restaurant and travel. And I think if you look at a lot of these top restaurant stocks, they're acting as if they're starting to do well, you know? Uh, but I think when you look at the mom and pop places, those are the ones suffering and you don't see that in the market. And right. you almost, yeah. But as far as like business travel, which is a big part of uh, that whole um, business model, I think a lot of corporations and nonprofits have stopped traveling 
throughout 21. They've already put in their budget. We're not traveling next year. So you're looking at 2022 on that. But at that point, given there's a vaccine, given the herd mentality is the herd situation is done, then people are going to be itching to visit clients, go places, and the whole thing won't reverse, but it'll definitely feel like that. All of a sudden, Zoom's numbers, when you do a comparison from 21 to 22, is going to be an impossible comparison for them to do as well. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you think Zoom is a great short candidate. In the I, I've thought that for a while, and I've been wrong, but maybe I'm too early. You know, and a great long candidate is beyond me. I'm not into that position. I, I will say, though, like everything you're saying, I completely agree with. But then I think there's companies that aren't like Zoom that have benefited greatly from this, and it put them on a path that's not going to derail them. Like you look at like a Square or a PayPal and you look at what those companies have done. Or an Etsy. I don't, I don't put them in the... Uh, well, yeah, Etsy, yeah. I go back and forth on my Etsy's head. Etsy's going to explode the next decade with market cap. That company yeah, is... Right. You're, you're right. But I, I think there's a handful of Zooms out there. And for every Zoom out there, there's also a PayPal or Square and a company that is validated right now with what's going on. And once they do it, you know, is there a reason for PayPal's business to slow up? I don't think so. That's one of the companies that'll continue in 22. They'll have their base of new customers and they can grow off that. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to get back in square. I should have just held that. I thought selling at 128 was a good point. but And, and the other side of it is I don't think masks – are ever going to go away again. Hence why Etsy is a home run. They're yeah, the play for young people. If you, if you think about it from past um, situations, Asia has just taken on the mask as part of their everyday life. And whether we like it or not, I think that's going to happen here. You're going like to have to wear a mask when you go on an airplane. That may not end. Then I'm done on airplanes. I'll turn I mean, it. I've, done, I've gone on a few airplanes at this point, and I have left the experience thinking to myself, I want this to always be how it is. I like everyone wearing a mask in the airport, not an airplane. I'm going to start taking there. trains and buses. I, I hate masks. But, uh, and I'm not, as it is, I've never liked airports. So you'll see me in my travel. Let's wrap this up. Are there any stocks you guys are looking at today? Beyond me. It's been no, I don't understand how anyone's not jumping on that bandwagon more yet, but I'm already long a lot. I'm buying more today. Ed? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to be just keeping my eye on the market as a whole. But if the market wants to rally, I think Penn and DraftKings want to continue to rally with it. And I'm going to look at the stocks that have been out the last couple of days, which ones I was talking yeah. about earlier. DraftKings has been acting great, by the way. I, I've been it's insane. It, absolutely I insane. I thought a bit more so I could dump it. I, I sold 500 yesterday, actually higher than where it is now, but it feels to me like it's going into the 40s. 
Great. And then it's gonna go to 52. That's where I'm dumping mine, 52. I'm holding for 52. I'll put All that right. order out there. I, I got my order ready. 